Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. In the Aegean Sea, off the coast of Turkey, from the city of Ephesus, about 50 miles out at sea, there's a small rocky island that's about four miles by eight miles called Patmos. In the first century, the island of Patmos served as a Roman penal colony. What it meant was that there were prisoners who would be sent there to serve out their sentences during that season of time. And church history and tradition tells us that the Apostle John spent about a year in exile on the Isle of Patmos because of his faith in Jesus Christ. We don't know many details about what happened to him there. We can assume that he was probably beaten. We can assume that during that time there were moments when he wondered what his fate would be, that he lacked food, protection, provision, that he missed his people. He had been pastoring the church in Ephesus and he would go back there after his time on the Isle of Patmos. But during that time, he didn't have answers. He didn't know what was happening in his life. If you think about it, it was extreme social distancing. It was life in quarantine. He was in exile, in isolation. Now, I don't want to be dramatic, but I think that some of us can relate to John's experience in some small way. I'll be honest with you, I can because I've missed you. This is my third Sunday that I have not been able to personally interact with Calvary's people. I was out of town and we didn't have service last week in 22 years on staff at Calvary. I don't know that I've ever had three Sundays in a row where I didn't have a chance to interact with my Calvary church family. In fact, multiple times this week, I caught myself thinking, oh, I need to catch up with her on Sunday, or I need to talk with him about this on Sunday. And then I'd realize, oh, well, that chance won't happen. We're not going to meet this week. And it's different, isn't it? Like, like, I know what we're doing is the wise and responsible thing. I'm thankful for leadership who has encouraged us to take what, what some feel to be drastic measures so that we can be safe and manage this season of time as best that we can. It really all became very, uh, very real to me when I heard about some people I know who have tested positive for COVID-19. In particular, we're praying for Pastor Greg and, and his wife, Sandy Mundus. Greg serves as the director of world missions for the Assemblies of God, the fellowship of churches that Calvary is a part of. And he's currently hospitalized with the symptoms of the coronavirus. And we're praying for them and several others in our church, uh, larger church denominational family who have, who have fallen to this virus and we're praying for healing and health and strength in their bodies. But when people I knew became people who were infected, it changed my perspective on this whole thing. And it can be hard and it's lonely and it's scary. And in moments like this, I, I usually try to find parallels in scripture, places in God's word that I can go back to that will help me to connect to something so that I, I can make sense out of it all or put some wisdom from God's word into my situation. And when I was praying about this, I really felt like the Holy Spirit led me to a parallel with John on the island of Patmos. Now, now John was one of Jesus' disciples, one of the 12 apostles that we read about. He's the author of the Gospel of John in your New Testament. He wrote three letters in the New Testament, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then he's also the author of the book of Revelation. That's why we call him John the Apostle, or sometimes we'll call him John the Revelator. And what we read about here is that John was in this place. He was on the Isle of Patmos. We, we know if you look back at his history, 
he was not only one of Jesus' 12 disciples, but he was part of the inner circle, right? He, he was one of the ones that when Jesus would, would go and bring a small group with him, it was Peter, James, and John. In fact, many theologians believe that John was not only a cousin to Jesus, but that also he and Jesus were, were best friends. He knew Jesus very well. And what we're going to look at is a story from John at a time when he was in a place of isolation, and he gets a message from Jesus to be shared with churches who are in crisis. Does that sound familiar to you? We're going to take a look at Revelation chapter 1 today, and I want to look at the opening of the encounter that John has with Jesus. And I want to give to you three things to remember in isolated times. We're going to look today at three things to remember in isolated times. Now look, as we, as we get into this, can you grab your Bibles with me? Maybe you have a print version or a digital version nearby, but do more than just rely on this screen. Would you look at God's Word for yourself? And if you haven't downloaded the YouVersion app for your phone or tablet, you can do that right now, and you can use that because on, on that app, there's a, there's a part that says More, and there you'll find the Events tab, and when you click on Events, from there, you'll be able to find the sermon notes. We put those out there every week on this Bible app that comes from YouVersion, or sometimes you'll see life.church. And at the same time, we'd love for you to post a picture of you watching the service. It doesn't necessarily have to be you in your pajamas. You can just post your screen or post your family. Why we do that is because it encourages each one of us when we know that we're worshiping together. So I've seen so many of them on social media today, whether you do that on Facebook or Instagram, thanks for doing that as we worship the Lord together. We're gonna to look at three things to remember in isolated times. Here's the first one. Number one, remember who you are. Number one, remember who you are. Let's go to John's words. Revelation chapter one, verse nine. He says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. What's interesting in this passage of scripture is that John immediately draws a comparison to him and his readers, to him and us. He says, look, there's three things that we share in common. It's the suffering, it is the kingdom, and it is this patient endurance that we have in Jesus. And it's interesting that he dials this connection between his readers then, between his readers today, you and I, and his own self. And, and those three things don't seem to just kind of connect or flow together when I first read them. And then I realize that there's some points he's trying to make here. here here's some things I want you to remember about who you are. Remember that you are a human being. You are a human being. Now you're going to go, Chad, I know that. You don't have to tell me that. But I think it's important that we recognize this in this season that we're all affected by our human condition. We will fail. We'll stumble. We're going to make mistakes. Like the, the family I read about in Australia who several weeks ago decided they needed to order some toilet paper. So when they did, they, instead of going to the store and getting it, they ordered it online. The mom thought she had ordered 48 rolls and instead she ordered 48 large boxes of toilet paper. It turned out that they have 2,304 rolls of toilet paper in their garage right now, which may explain some of the shortage that we've been experiencing. They say that that amount of toilet paper should last their family for about 12 years. Now, they don't intend to keep it all. They've said they're going to sell it at the cost that they paid for it and use some of it as a fundraiser, which is all cool. But it also shows us that we all make mistakes. 
Sometimes in, in our best intentions, we select boxes instead of roles. See, being human means that we realize that we're affected by living in a broken world. See, until we get to heaven, we're going to deal with disease and sickness and death and disappointment and loss and pain. It's just a part of our lives. And we get this wrong sometimes. Sometimes we think, well, life is wrong or life is unfair. And the reality is this is not heaven. We don't live in a perfect place yet. And being a Christian does not make you immune to being human. I think that's important for some of us to, to grab a hold of the reality of that being a Christian does not make us immune to being human. It's a part of our lives, so we can't just blame God for the situation. Look, he, he already warned us that things like COVID-19 would happen, that there would be times of sickness and disease. These are things that we should know will sometime occur and recognize that suffering is a part of our human condition. Look, suffering is a part of our human condition. And we talk about all the different ways that life has changed and things are different. And as I talk to my friends, I realize for many of us, life just isn't easy right now. I've talked to some individuals, friends of mine, who are medical professionals. And they've talked about the stress and the concerns and even the danger that they face. Thank you to those of you who are serving us in that way in this season of time. That is so important. I've talked to some of my friends in the business world who, who run corporations or businesses or own their own businesses and the questions that they're having to answer and the concerns that they have. Some of you who have lost portions or all of your income because of what's happening in this season of time. Some of you have concerns with regard to sickness. Maybe, maybe there's physical concerns that you have that, that, that make you at risk during this time, or, or many of us may begin to think, well, what if, what if I get this virus? What if it affects me? Many of us are dealing with, with grief or disappointment because there were things that we had looked forward to. There, there were things in our schooling or in our vacations or in our plans that we had in front of us that it seems like those things are changing because of what's going on around us. For some of you, you're saying, look, I got to work from home now, and I don't know how that's going to work. Others of you say, look, I, I have to work because I'm in, in janitorial services or I'm in one of these essential places where I have to provide services to others, and it's actually more important that you work now than ever before. Look, the reality is because of our human condition, many of us are worried and we're weak and we're wondering and we're waiting and we're weary. And in this, be reminded, it's all a part of who we are because we're human. But it's also something that we see John say here that reminds us that not only are you human, but you are a resident of God's kingdom. You are a resident of God's kingdom. He says not only are we suffering together, but he also says that we are in the kingdom together. If we are a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are a son and a daughter of God. And so when you see the headlines, when you listen to the news, when all this chaos starts happening, don't be distracted by what's going on in the world around you from the truth that Revelation tells us, that one day there'll be a different world. There'll be another world that we live in, one with a new heaven and a new earth. That's what we live for. That's what we hope for. Here's what we see. Our true identity is not found in the breaking news of this nation but in the eternal truth of God's kingdom. Our true identity is not found in the breaking news of this nation, but in the eternal truth of God's kingdom. 
Now, we'll touch on this more as we get into this series, but it's important for us to remember that our true citizenship, our true identity, is in Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in Him. So when you hear those headlines, remember that it's because we're a part of the, the human experience, but we're residents in God's kingdom. And know this, that you have a great purpose. You have a great purpose. Listen to what John says. He says, look, I share with you in suffering and in the kingdom and in patient endurance. Why would he say that? Why would he say patient endurance? Well, the reality is we endure, we, we wait patiently when we know that there's something better on the other side of that waiting. And the reality is you have a great purpose. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The reason we wait patiently is because we know that as we go through this season, God has a great purpose for our lives. Look, if I know that there's something worth waiting for, then I'm okay to sacrifice. I'm okay to be patient. I'm okay to try to push through. If I know that there's a great dinner on the other side of this afternoon, I'm okay to, to skip some snacks because I want to fully enjoy what's on the other side. If I know I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to work real hard on the front end so that I'm going to be able to enjoy that vacation. If I know that there's a degree or a diploma that I'm out there working for, I'll work hard today. I will patiently endure because I know what's going to be on the other side. Look, Calvary, you can persevere through this time. I don't want to minimize what you're going through. I don't want to make light of what you're feeling, but we're going to make it through this. Not just survive, but I believe that Jesus can help us to thrive. My prayer is that for our nation and for our church and for your home and for my home, that we thrive during this season of time and that we do not waste this time. The, the truth, you'll see it in history, you'll see it in scripture, how God uses these times to do something special in and through our lives. So do not waste this season. John did not let his moments of isolation go to, go, to, go to waste. So remember this, one, remember who you are. And then here's the second thing I want you to see today. Number two, remember what to do. Remember what to do. Go back to the text, Revelation chapter one, verse nine. John says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos, because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. There's a few things that I think we can pick up here from John as he's talking in this scripture that we can kind of come back to in our own lives that will help us through this time and remember what to do. Here's the first thing. Find the new normal in your life. Look, I know you're saying nothing is normal. My schedule is off. My plans are off. My future is uncertain. But where you're at right now, find that new normal. Did you hear what John said here? He just says it kind of matter of fact. I was on the island of Patmos. It was because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I'd been preaching. I'd been sharing my faith. And now I'm on the island of Patmos. You don't hear him complain. You don't hear him cast blame. You hear him say, this is where I am. I'm going to make the most out of it. I'm going to find the new normal. Now look, until further notice, this is our reality. And over the course of the next few days and weeks, how do we make the most of this? Look, you can complain or you can see conspiracy theories or you can go stir crazy or you can blame others. 
But understand that for some reason, God has allowed you and me and the USA to be in this place right now. So how do we not waste it? How do we make the most out of it? I've got, I've got friends who it seems like they're always living in a way in which they're saying, oh, I wish I was here, or I wish I was there, or I wish things were different. And they're so focused either on the past or the future that they totally miss out on the present. Look, do not allow the fantasy of where you wish you were to rob you of the reality of where you really are. Do not let the fantasy of where you wish you were rob you of the reality of where you really are. Make the most of the moment that you're in. Now, I can't encourage this as an action, but there's a principle here that I want to tell you about in this story. I read this week about a kid who, who was, was sent home from school. He, he lives in the United Kingdom, and his mom posted a picture and said, Do you know why my son was sent home from school at 10.53 in the morning? The reason that they sent her son home was because in the midst of all of the coronavirus scare, he was selling his friends pumps of hand sanitizer. He would have them pay him what was the equivalent of about 63 cents for every pump of hand sanitizer that he would give to them. This kid made about 11 bucks. He spent it on Doritos and was saving some more for a snack later. Now look, wrong thing to do, but he was on the right track. When you get in a situation like that, how do you think, how do I make the most out of this? I'm pretty sure we may all be working for that kid someday. Look, what if we were to think, God, in this situation, how do I make the most out of this? Look, disappointment is often the catalyst for great things. Disappointment is often the catalyst for great things. So what is it that God wants to work out in your life during this season of time? Here's some practical advice. For one, keep up routines. Like find some routines in your life and keep those things up for you, for your family. Look at what we read about John. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. It says, On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Did you hear what John said? He says it was on the Lord's day. Now look, if, if I'm in exile on an island, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't take long for one day to just kind of roll into the other. And I'd start to forget what was going on. But John had routine in his life. He knew what was special, that there was something significant. He says, look, it's Sunday. It's the Lord's day. I do something special on this day. Look, during this season of time, your life needs routine and it needs rhythm. Find ways to keep your life in rhythm. This is really essential that for your family, for yourself, set up a schedule in advance. Like, I'm going to take some time tomorrow and really sit and go, okay, this week, what is it that I want to do? Who is it that I want my life to bless? How do I want to be present with my family? Like, what things do I want to do this week that I've put this out there? I'm making a schedule. I've got some deliberateness to this. Keep some normalcy in my life. Everything I've heard and read about working from home, which is where a lot of us are, it's really important that you, you keep some normalcy. So like when it's time to work, get out of those PJs and, and get a shower and, and put, some, put some work clothes on and go at it as if you were not at home, but you were out there trying to change the world during this time because rhythm matters. And let me, let me share one other thought with you. And I, I think this is, this is really important that you're careful about what you allow into your mind during this time. Have you ever noticed 
that if there's a noise at night, it seems to be louder than if that same noise is heard during the day. Uh, like, let's just say you have, a, you have a picture on the wall in your home, and then at some point that picture just kind of falls off the wall for whatever reason. Somehow it seems that that picture falling off the wall is louder at midnight than it would be at noon. Because in the silence, it seems like things are amplified. Sounds are often louder in silence. So be careful what you're listening to. Look, in these moments when you might be experiencing quarantine or isolation or social distancing, there's going to be noises that you will hear outside of the normalcy of what we would call regular life. And they're going to tend to be louder in our ears if we're not careful what we listen to. So because of these times and isolation and uncertainty, be mindful what you're letting into your mind. See, too much news can be toxic. And you've got to balance your pandemic with some praise and with some prayer. You need laughter in addition to the latest news. And how about adding some scripture to your social distancing? Like be careful what you're listening to because it will affect you in these times. And know that the way that things affect you are going to affect other people as well. They're going to have an impact on your family, your friends, those around you. Yesterday morning, I think like so many of us, one of the first things I did was just kind of start scrolling through the news. And the first piece of, of non-coronavirus information that came my way was that Kenny Rogers had died. It kind of hit me a little bit. And I immediately had a memory where I went back to being a little kid laying in the, the back seat of a Pontiac Bonneville driving at night in the dark and hearing the gambler play on the audio system in that car. And that memory was so clear to me. And it caused me to think, what memories will our families, will our children make during this season of time? Parents, you're going to set the tone that how you live your life today is going to affect how they look at and see and remember what happens during this season. Your responses today will be what others remember tomorrow. So you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to be careful how you live your life during this season of time because your responses today will be what others remember tomorrow, which leads me to this challenge. Prioritize your soul. Prioritize your soul. Go back to John, Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. On the Lord's day, he says, I was in the Spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Now look, those seven churches will be the seven letters that we're going to look at over the course of these next few weeks. Letters written from an exile that are messages that Jesus gave to him to be shared with churches in crisis. But did you notice what he said in verse 10? He says, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. He was taking care of his soul. He knew that he needed to place a priority on worship and scripture and listening to the voice of God. It's been fascinating for the last week or so. Every day about two o'clock or so, I've watched people that I work with. I can walk through our office area and, and throughout the office, you can hear as people are tuning in to hear what Governor DeWine is going to say next. 
We're thankful for his leadership in this time. And we're listening to say, what, what's the latest press release? What's the latest news briefing? I've watched as people are turning their ears to hear what he has to say. Look, in the same way in this season, will you listen for God's voice in the midst of all the noise? There's going to be all kinds of noise. There's going to be all kinds of news. There's going to be all kinds of things thrown your way. But will you listen for God's voice in the midst of all the noise? And the reason this is so important is because the state of your soul will determine the state of yourself. The state of your soul, how you take care of your soul, how you prioritize your relationship with God in this season, how you hear His voice, how you're open to be obedient to Him. The state of your soul will determine the state of yourself. So let me encourage you with this. Just a few things to remember. One, remember who you are. Number two, remember what is important. And then as we go back to John's words, remember who Jesus is. Number three, Remember who Jesus is. Look, John gives to us this incredible picture, I think, that rivals any other in Scripture. Remember, he's, he's there. Uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of tradition tells us that they believe that he was in a cave on the island of Patmos. It was on the Lord's Day. He's, he's in the Spirit. like he, He's prioritizing his soul. He's, he's listening to the voice of God. And he hears this voice. And he turns around, and here's what he sees. Look at this, Revelation chapter 1, verse 12. He says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned around, I, I, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Isn't that a powerful picture of who Jesus is? Now, now look, if we had time, I'd walk you through each one of those descriptions and show you from Scripture how it tells us different parts of who Jesus is, of the glory of God. But don't miss this. Here's what John is trying to tell us through that passage. It's that Jesus is glorious. Like, like understand who He is in His greatness, in His power, in His brilliance. Jesus is glorious. Why is that important? <laughs> because John's on an island in a cave in isolation while the rest of the world is in crisis. And what he needs in that moment is a glimpse of who Jesus really is. And can I tell you this? The glory of Christ overshadows the darkness of crisis. The glory of Christ overshadows the darkness of crisis. And know this, why John needed that is because a glimpse of Christ can change everything. But like if you'll, if you'll catch sight of his glory during this season of time, if you'll look to him and say, Jesus, I need you. In fact, I'll be honest. I know that some of you, you, you might not even really believe in Jesus or, or you might not have come to a point of putting your trust in him. But what if during this season you said to him, Jesus, I need you. I put my trust and my confidence in you. Jesus, would you let your glory be seen in my life in the midst of my, and then you can fill in the blank. In the midst of your fear, or exhaustion, or loneliness, or sickness, or brokenness, or lack of resource, or the uncertainty you're dealing with. If you would say, Jesus, can you help me to see you, to catch a glimpse of your glory in this time? I know it can change your life because Jesus is glorious 
And also know this, this is in this passage, that Jesus is alive. Jesus is glorious. And Jesus is alive. Look, as, as John turns around, he sees Jesus. And this idea that he's alive is hugely important because John knew Jesus when he died on the cross. And there are people that he's writing to that, that within these maybe 60 years or so since the death of Jesus Christ, they, they have heard the story. They need to be reminded that he's alive. And we do too. So look at what, what John writes. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. He says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Ancient world tells us that whoever holds the keys holds control. And Jesus has conquered death, and he holds control over death. And why does this matter to us? It doesn't just matter 2,000 years ago that Jesus is alive. It matters today. Because do you know what we're, we're so bothered by in all of this? Coronavirus, COVID-19, all the things that are happening. You know what we're bothered by? We're bothered by death. We're afraid that someone we know or even ourselves might contract the virus and that it might end their lives. We're concerned because during this time, we might see death come to some of our dreams, to our finances, to our plans, the things that are lost. Really, at the heart of all that we're wrestling with right now, is our struggle with death. And it's good to know that even in moments when it feels like we're losing things, that the God of life is with us in our grief. The God of life, the one who conquered death, the one who holds the keys of death and life, he is with us in our grief, which brings me to my favorite part of this whole story. Jesus is glorious and Jesus is alive don't miss this. Jesus is present. This is so clear in this story from John that Jesus is present. When, when we get to verse 13, it says that John turns around. And when he turns around, he sees Jesus among the lampstands. What that symbolizes is Jesus is right there in the midst of his churches. He is present with us right now. And I don't want you to miss this part of the story that you've got John and he's in this cave and it's on the Lord's day. And John finds himself in a place where he's prioritizing his soul, where he's, where he's worshiping. The Bible says he's in the spirit. And in that moment when John was probably lonely, when he probably was wrestling with uncertainty, when maybe he was hungry or in pain, when he didn't know what was happening with other people in his world and when he wasn't sure what was going to happen next, that it was in that moment that he hears this voice behind him that someone is present. And yes, I know this scripture tells us that he turned around and he saw Jesus who was glorious and he saw Jesus who is alive. But I'm also completely certain that when he turned around, he saw that who was present was his best friend. Can you imagine that? To turn around and know that the person who knew him the best was right there with him in a moment when his life was at its worst. And he turned around and there was Jesus and he heard the voice of his best friend. Please, in this season of isolation, 
Listen for the voice of your best friend. Yeah, I don't know where you are, and I'm not completely sure what you're wrestling with or what you're dealing with, but please know that the voice of Jesus is right there present with you. He is your best friend, and He will walk you through this season as you look to Him and trust in the One who is glorious and alive and present in your life in this time. Father, we need you in these days. Lord, in our human condition, we need to be reminded that as residents of your kingdom, we have a great purpose that we live for. So, Father, would you help us in this season of what will be our new normal for a little while? God, would you help us to prioritize our soul and look to Jesus, the one who is glorious, that when we catch a glimpse of him, we'll be reminded that he is alive that he, that he reigns over every circumstance and that He's present. May our ears be tuned to hear from you, Jesus, our best friend, even as we listen to this song of worship, as we sing these words of hope together. May we be reminded that you have never left us, that you will never forsake us, that you're right there present among us. In Jesus' name, amen. No.